my best piece of advice is not to skip steps. You know, I think that oftentimes we get in this mindset that we should be here and why aren't we here yet? Like, and I think when we're trying to climb the ladder, if we skip a step, we could fall all the way down or we could, you're just, if you, if you skip a step and you make it to where you're trying to go, but you, then you don't know any of the things you're supposed to know, how are you going to be a good leader or how are you going to manage or so I just, you know, I've noticed that over my experience managing, you know, these last few years, I think, you know, learning um, all of the aspects of your job um, will only be incredibly beneficial for you in the future. Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Rebecca Otto. We are so excited to have you here today. Tell us who you are and what you do. All right. Well, I am Rebecca Otto. I am from Georgetown, Texas, which is basically Austin, Texas, and I do content development for professional athletes. Sounds like a dream job for a lot of our (laughs) listeners. So you are the VP of talent marketing and media at Wasserman. Mm -hmm. First of all, how did you get there? And then give us a little more meat about what you do in your job. Yeah, well, it wasn't just like a straight shot for me. Although I will say I I was lucky enough. I mean, although I feel like luck is kind of a relative term um, to start out in sports right out of college. I two weeks after I graduated, I packed up my car, my little Toyota Solara, and my mom and I drove to Cleveland, Ohio, and I started a position, a limited term position with the Cleveland Browns. Um, it was like minimum wage, which I think was like. 384 or 584 or something ridiculous. And that was starting in the summer, obviously. And then through the end of the year, uh, through the end of the season, they didn't have a place for me afterwards, a full-time position. So I found one, another limited term position, which I don't even know if that is a thing anymore. Um, This was a long time ago. This was in 2006. And uh, it was with Octagon which was my first sports agency. And it was in their golf division in Naples, Florida. And so I took it, I got it, I took it. And I drove my Solara all the way down to Florida, packed it back up again. And then I reached out to their football group saying, hi, I'm over here in golf. Like, you know, um, I really would like to get back in football. And they happened to have this um, events and PR coordinator position available. They had not posted it. I like hopped on that. I met everyone. They liked me. 
I got it. I had to finish out golf. So I moved to North Carolina, finished out golf, then moved to San Francisco, really Walnut Creek for my football career, which is what took me all the way to Wasserman. And I stayed with the same football group. I was blessed to stay with the same group of people and clients my whole career. Um, And then three years ago, transitioned from football PR, basically vice president of PR to vice president of talent marketing and media for all of our talent across Wasserman, which is all sports. And, um, and now that's what I'm doing. And now you're in Austin. Yes. Crisscross the country, lived in all these different cities. Yes. Where did you ditch the Toyota Solara along this journey? In LA. So I, I skipped a couple of cities. I did. I, I moved down to LA and then I went to New York. So in LA, I, I bought a new car. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. It was a Nissan Altima um, coupe, like a little two-door sporty car. It was so beautiful. I loved it so much. And then literally not even three years later, I moved to New York. So I had to sell it. Uh. <laughs> And so, um, and then of course I, and, and honest, also like I did not share, I got in an accident in San Francisco in that Toyota Solara and I decided to save the money. It was not my fault. And I, instead of fixing the car and I made some of my NFL players get in that car and they were so embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good time. I was young. I didn't have money, you know? No, I love that story. And it's such a reflection of like where we were at that time. When we think back to it, limited term positions, I started the same way, a minimum wage job, you know, piece of crap car or long commute. I mean, you do what you have to do to get started and and clearly it it's paid off and uh, you've got a fantastic career today, but I got to ask, what's the biggest challenge for you in your work day to day? Well, I think, you know, my challenges have remained the same, you know, obviously I went from PR and now I'm doing content development, but one thing that stayed the same is I'm pitching, I'm pitching all the time. So I'm trying to get people to say yes. Now I went from saying like getting people to say yes to covering my clients to now like spending money, which is like harder. (laughs) So, um, right now it's getting people to say yes. You know, um, when you're developing content, you have tons of great ideas. You have really great talent. You, I also have really great partners. I have great media partners. I have access to great distributors, but there's only, uh, there's a limited amount of content that can eventually land on your TV or, you know, your audio platforms. And so it's really hard to get yeses. How do you rebound from a no? Uh, You pivot, you pivot. You can either adjust your creative, you can adjust your sales strategy. You can go to a new partner and pitch to them based off of the feedback you were given. I mean, you just pivot, you're pivoting all day, basically. So what advice do you have in working in client relations? The other side of the pitch is the client that you're pitching. So how do you maintain good relationships uh, with these athletes and sell that? You also have to kind of sell them on some of these ideas too, I'm sure. Sure. Of course. I say that 
oftentimes to people, you have to have a special skill set really to work with athletes in general. I think, you know, to, to be a talent representative, I think you have to know how to work with your athlete, but also do the job that you are holding, right? The position you're holding. So I think relinquishing control is one of the biggest lessons I've learned uh, in client relations as far as when you're working with talent, athletes specifically, you can't force anybody to do anything, right? Like you said, like I can't force someone to like the idea that I chose or like right now, for instance, I'm working on this amazing podcast. You know, we have a deal that's done. Paperwork is, is in progress. It's not signed, but we've already started the creative, the logos, everything. And there's a chance that the client might back out. He's not, you know, he's not, he's not feeling it right. You know, he's starting to get nervous. You know, I have to relinquish some of that control. I can't force anybody to do something if that's not right for them. But on the other hand, then my job is to still have a successful outcome and what that successful outcome might change from a really great podcast to salvaging the relationship for a future project. So I guess that's probably a really good example, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to not be so set in your ways. Yeah. And and yeah, I I learned that early on because I was, I was like, you know, this, like we were told that this interview had to happen at this time, at this place, we need, you know, this has to happen. And, you know, one of our clients, he, you know, definitely kind of gave me a really good lesson being like, you know, I'm your client. You know, like you work for me, essentially. And if I'm telling you this doesn't work, this doesn't work. And it's basically your job then to to make it happen in that way. And it was a really good lesson I learned, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, it comes, you have to have a certain level of confidence, I think, and maturity. Because it in those instances, you're worried about, pleasing both sides of the coin and you're in the middle and you don't want to upset the partner, but you don't want to upset the client. And you have to find a way to make both of those intersect like perfectly. That's right. It, it, that's so true. It is absolutely can be, especially when you're younger and you're starting out, it can be terrifying. It can be very stressful, but I think it becomes more manageable as you get more experience. Well, so what's new on the topic of partnerships and innovation in entertainment, sports, and ventures? What what do athletes want to do? What do fans look forward to seeing? And how are brands and athletes connecting with fans in new ways? I think it's just a little bit more of what you have been seeing over the last year. Honestly, I think it's more talent-led initiatives, um, talent-led content, apps, opportunities, really talent are just taking the reins and owning, you know, their own IP and owning their own experiences. So I think that is exciting in a lot of ways, just because you get direct access to some of your favorite athletes and players of all time. And that can be really by either really unique turnkey events or, you know, content that's created just for you, or it can be, you know, bigger 
you know, blockbuster style, you know, uh, content like quarterbacks or full swing, you know, the drive to survive model, obviously, or some of the bigger events like at Super Bowl. Um, that's just like continuing to push, push us forward and finding ways for brands to get involved um, with the fans and athletes, obviously. Yeah, I think the key word there is access. Fans are asking for more. It's not enough to watch your favorite team or your favorite player on game day. You want to know more about who they are, what they do, who they like, what they don't like, what they eat. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, what advice they have for you specifically, you know, right. it's like it runs the whole gamut. And um, I think the industry has done such a great job at getting so creative um, I think you mentioned quarterbacks and full swing, like the content from Netflix, I think has been monumental in leading that the way forward and, and showing us, you know, more than a peek behind the curtain, like really being able to be a part of these people's lives, or at least feel like it from a fan's perspective. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've always told, you know, whether it's my colleagues or even for sure, my clients, like it's people want to be able to connect to you, you know, whether I'm talking to one of my NFL players, or if it's, you know, some of our female clients who are really good at it, to be honest, they want to be able to relate to the athlete on a human level, I think, and understand like, okay, if it's a, if it's one of our female athletes who is also a mom and they're going through some of the same things or maybe something that a mom doesn't even realize that this, this mom is going through while playing her sport, you know, just, I think there's revelations to be had. And uh, that's really exciting when athletes can share those. And so the more and more times that can happen, I think is better for everybody. Yeah. I love that. And hats off to you for keeping that creativity so sharp. Uh, Cause I know that it's just, it's, asking for more, 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 more ideas and in more ways to connect. So what are some of the most meaningful projects that you've been involved in? So I was trying to think about this and, you know, I've been to so many amazing events and obviously the like 17 Super Bowls or something crazy, you know, but I think my favorite and most meaningful projects have been those that are, are where my clients have allowed me to come along for a very special ride, like a, a meaningful ride to them. So in 2017, one of my NFL clients, Michael Bennett, he started writing a book and I was, you know, I did his book deal and then his book was published in 2018 and it became a New York times bestseller. And, and then I, of course I got to do the book media tour. And that was just so special. I, I think just in general, by the way, I have it here. It's called things that make white people uncomfortable. It's incredible, but I think it was amazing because we had just gone through such an incredible and a very important experience together. Him, you know, by himself, obviously with a million other NFL players, but me getting to come along on the ride for the 2016, 2017 NFL protests. And then this book, like, 
you know, was birthed from that uh, experience and many others of his. And then me getting to be there for it. I mean, just how lucky I was. And and so that was just so special. And then and then another book and then really, truly another book process with Eric Dickerson, who's just an incredible human and a Hall of Famer really to feel, I think it, the, I think why these are so special to me is um, because for these incredible people uh, to allow me the opportunity to take part in something so meaningful to them, there's nothing more special, like, you know, so those would be, those would be them, I think. How do you think things have changed for women in the industry and Let's say, I don't know, we could say the last 10 years or we could go back to 2006 where (laughs) both of us were kind of starting our careers and looking back, it feels like too much to list, but what's really been meaningful for you? I'd say, I think, you know, one of the things that stands out is that women have really started to galvanize around one another in a really like bold, loud way. And, you know, I think back say like in 2006, like when I started, there wasn't a strong, as strong of a community, if you will. Um, You know, I think I was really lucky that I had support from the group that I fell into, or I found in that football group at Octagon, and then eventually made my own groups, which I think is so important to have support, whether it's a mentor or a group of women, which I love to have groups of women um, that that I can lean on. But I think that's really the thing that I, that stands out to me is that I think that it is just amazing that there is um, this kind of movement. I mean, and it's obviously like, obviously there's a huge movement. Um, <laughs> there's the women's march, there's all kinds of things, but I mean, specifically within sports, there is a bigger collective voice for women and it's loud and you can feel it. You can reach out for it. And I, I love it. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're on the leadership is female podcast and like mediums like this didn't exist when we started our careers. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can like specifically pinpoint any turning point where this all started to shift that we thought like, Oh, what if we supported each other rather than competed? Right. Yeah, I know. It it felt a little bit more competitive um, in my 20s. I think naturally things are a little bit more competitive when you're younger, but it wasn't that I was younger. It felt just felt that way in general. Um, And now it feels like there's room for everyone, which is just, I think, in general, something that happens with women. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to see. Yeah. Has there been a big hurdle that you've had to overcome in your career? Yeah. I think some of that when I was younger. Yeah, sure. For sure. I think things have just in general, the sports industry has changed drastically and really improved in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, when I was younger, you know, they always say it's a man's world. It's a man, you know, in a lot of different industries, right. And sports is no different. Although it's, I think people could, say that less now, but I think certainly when I started out, when we started out, it was for sure. And, um, I think, you know, some of that competitiveness and finding 
finding that support and, and, and confidence probably to really believe in myself and know who I was probably was my hurdle. Yeah. 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 No, I could totally relate with that. And I think probably a lot of our listeners can too. There's this competitive period and it's a lot of ways it's external, but I think it's also internal because you have Mm -hmm. to get this set of experiences behind you to know that you can do the job and that you can perform in order to be confident enough not to be competing with somebody else in the office, but just competing with yourself to be like the best version of you um, at your job. And then I love what you said about the galvanizing piece. I think that's such a great way to, to talk about what we've then done with how far we've come is we, we stopped competing as much with each other, started being the best we could be at our jobs. And then we started forming these groups and rallying around each other. So who do you kind of have in your circle and how did you form the, those groups of women or colleagues around you that help support your success and cheer you on? If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a busy professional. We can agree we are always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadershipisfemale, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness water bottle. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. I don't know about you, but I love learning more about myself. If there's a quiz out there to help me better understand who I am, I'll take it. If there's a journal prompt, I'm using it. But how about a business that helps female leaders communicate effectively while inspiring confidence and trust in those you want to impact? Sign me up. Breakthrough Brands is unlocking clarity for women leading progress. They build leadership brands for women to discover what inspires them, define what drives them, and unlock how to share their brands with others. Do you want to gain clarity on your personal brand? Shoot me a note at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com or on Instagram, and we will introduce you to the women who will help you unlock your leadership brand. That's breakthroughbrands.com. Well, I, I, like I said, I, I think I keep saying this over and over. I'm so lucky, but I am because I have so many wonderful women and men 
that I have been able to con and work with in different ways, but like I just in various ages too, which I think is really nice. Um, you know, from some women that are older than I am, um, to my age, to younger. And I think it's just through, uh, through different, my different jobs, you know, um, and in particular, when doing PR, you obviously, I, I, I fell into a group of women that did my same job, but we really were able to lean on one another for, because we were able to relate to one another. And then also I have a lot of friends that I work with in the media space because I work with them so much and, and they really care, care for me and care about me and, and, um, and vice versa. So it's been nice. I'm so happy you brought up the age diversity because I, it's so important. I have some people in my circle that are 10 years or more younger than me. And the way that they're viewing things is totally different from where I'm at in my life. And then the same with women 10 plus years older than me. Um, They just provide this like amazing perspective. So, you know, for our listeners, like don't think about crafting your circle just with everyone who's at the same age and same level as you, like the diversity in those groups um, really can elevate you to a whole new level. I became a different manager when I added people to my circle that were younger than me, because like they were telling me the truth because I wasn't managing them directly. And they could be like, you know, I, we think this, or we think that, um, this is, this is what we're into. And it, it just shed like a whole new light on, on how to like be the best you could be for people who are younger in their career. That's a great point. Yeah. And I'm sure you see that too, with your athletes and your clients, like you're working with such a diverse group yeah. of individuals. Um, I can't imagine what a broad perspective you have on life. Is there a lesson that um, one of your clients has taught you that really sticks with you today? Well, outside of being told, like, loosen up, like you don't have the control here lesson. Um, (laughs) That one's the one that like taught me the most, to be honest. I think I just have, I think more than general or more, more than lessons, I just have really good conversations with them. I learn a lot uh, when I have in-depth, thoughtful conversations with some of our talent. I just was lucky enough to go to Cannes for Cannes Lion and took three of our amazing Olympic world champion, you know, talent, um, three of our, uh, Sue Bird, Ashlyn Harris and Scout Bassett. And I learned so much from them. So it's not, it's not like I'm always learning lessons, but I am learning because I'm, I, I would say I'm very observant. That's one thing. Um, one of my strengths, if I was to be giving an interview, I I would say, or, you know, I was having an interview is that I'm very observant. And so I like to be learning from them at all times. 
yeah, keeping that level of curiosity high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, if you're curious, you also have to be a good listener and be observant. You can't let let the message just wash over you, right? Um, you gotta you gotta take it in. So when you're not at like every fabulous event that's happening in sports and entertainment, what are you doing for fun when you're not working? (laughs) (laughs) That's always been a work in progress, to be honest. I think finding that balance has always been tough, but I am finally done a little bit better at, you know, gotten a little bit better at it. I uh, recently bought a home here in Austin last year. So that has been quite an undertaking, taking up a lot of my time. I have family and friends here in Texas. Part of the reason I moved back from New York. Um, I have a dog. I like to play tennis. I love to travel. I love to travel. That's kind of my favorite thing in the world. And that's really, I don't, I have a pretty boring life when I'm not doing the exciting things for work, you know, <laughs> you got to find balance somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's well, congrats on the home. That's such a Thank big you. first. That's a big first in life. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah it, it was, it's like, it's everything people say it's going to be so expensive, time consuming, <laughs> um, full of surprises. <laughs> so, but it's worth it. Yeah, but totally worth it. Totally, totally worth it. it. Yeah. Okay. Final four questions. What is your best piece of advice for women today so they can level up tomorrow? My best piece of advice is not to skip steps. You know, I think that oftentimes we get in this mindset that we should be here and why aren't we here yet? Like, and I think when we're trying to climb the ladder, if we skip a step, we could fall all the way down or we could, you're just, if you, if you skip a step and you make it to where you're trying to go, but you, then you don't know any of the things you're supposed to know, how are you going to be a good leader or how are you going to manage or it? it, So I just, you know, I've noticed that over my experience managing, you know, these last few years, I think, you know, learning um, all of the aspects of your job um, will only be incredibly beneficial for you in the future. So that would just be my, my advice. And it doesn't have to slow you down either. It's such a good point. We live in an impatient culture. And, um, you heard it here. Listen to Rebecca, don't skip a step. So where are you traveling to next? I am actually going to South Dakota, not as uh, glamorous as, uh, France or, you know, where I was earlier this year, but I, my mom and my aunt who are 82, 72 relatively, uh, are going to see Mount Rushmore and spend some time up there. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go, I'll go because when else am I going to go? And so I'm going to have a nice relaxing week with them and see that go hiking, be out in nature. That'll be nice. That's what I'm doing. What is your pump up song? So this might sound aggressive, but 
since I told you guys earlier about the fact that I'm pitching all day and I am, you know, we are still in a somewhat of a, you know, men dominated industry and we are out here trying to get money. My song is, and I'm also remember I graduated college in 2006. So this is, you know, my song is ludicrous move bitch. So if you know that song, it's a love it. song. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Okay. And finally, what is your favorite quote? Okay. So I have these little cards. They're my favorite thing in the world. I, sometimes I put them, sneak them in people's, um, Christmas cards or birthday cards or whatever. And I save some for myself. Like they have quotes and stuff on them. They're, they have thousands of them at this cute little kitschy store in Austin. And this one I love for myself. And it says the soul should always stand ajar ready to welcome the ecstatic experience in Lee Dickinson. And so it's just a good reminder for myself, especially who has always gotten caught up with work to just be open to new experiences and could, you know, and to be open in general, um, for life. Well, you're doing it. You're going to South Dakota. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Those are the trips though, that you look back on and you're like, so happy you signed yourself up to do that. That's amazing. I know know you're right. I'm, I'm excited. I love it. Um, well, it has been so fun to interview you. Thank you for shedding a light on the career opportunity in which you work and reinforcing that, you know, hard work, dedication, uh, curiosity, and being an observant person really pays off. You are, you are it. You are it. So thank you so much. It's been so fun. I'm so glad you had me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource, and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at leadership is female. Now take this lesson and run. Let's go.